Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Teachers are reportedly leaving their profession at an alarming rate here in Australia, citing low pay, a lack of respect and increasing workloads that take them away from doing what it was they trained for in the first place. You know, I spend more time on my emails and calling home than I do spend on actually preparing the lessons for the kids. Today, we take a look at why those in a profession as important as teaching feel like they aren't respected anymore and how their role has changed and moved too far away from actually educating Australia's children. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. According to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, in 2020, there were 296,516 full-time equivalent teaching staff supporting the just over 4 million students in Australian schools. 212,985 of those teachers were women. Most were employed in government schools, followed by Catholic and then independent. In years gone by, there was hardly a more respected role in the community than that of the teacher, the person who was responsible for shaping the young minds of a generation, the role model who would inspire those young people to follow whatever pathway their tiny, impressionable hearts desired. But in modern Australia, some teachers are painting a much bleaker picture of what it really looks like day to day for them. For Abby, who is currently a teacher but who's considering a career change right now, she says the expectations on what they can get done in a day has shifted dramatically. We're expected to look after every single need a child has. And the reality is that me as a high school teacher, I see these kids four hours a week. It's impossible. In most of my classes, I have upwards of 25 kids, most of the time 30. And we're expected to know each and every kid inside and out, which most good teachers do. You know, we're sort of meant to facilitate all their needs at every given moment. We're meant to know all of their home situations. We're meant to report on every aspect of their lives. And then in in that space, we're also expected to educate them. It's just too much. Most days I work all day at school. Then I come home and I'm working from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. I'll have a break and then I'll probably be on my computer again until 11 o'clock. I've got friends at work who get to work at about 5.36. You know, it's definitely not the old nine to three when we might have contact with the kids. Every teacher I know 
is working for hours either side of the school day. We're constantly answering emails. We've got kids emailing us after school and then they expect us to reply within minutes because they've got an assessment they need to do. We've got constant parent contact, contact with other teachers at the school. I've just written reports on 150 kids. The elected teachers at our school write them on about 250 kids. In that time, you're meant to be planning lessons, running lessons, marking assessments, writing report comments, contacting home if kids aren't at their absolute best, and still you miss things. Some teachers are also struggling with the employment conditions under which they find themselves, with many forced to take contract work for weeks, months or a year at a time, meaning they don't get paid for holidays, there's no casual loading and no security for the future. It also means that many have to teach outside their area of expertise as they move from contract to contract, teaching history at this school one day and maths at that school the next. A lot of schools don't love the idea of part-time work, which is a real shame because, you know, obviously we've got a lot of parents at school, so a lot of them would prefer part-time work so that they can spend time at home. And that used to be a real bonus of, you know, the teaching profession is that you could be a part-time teacher, but it's pretty clear in a lot of schools that they don't like that. It works against them. It doesn't fit into their timetable. It's the pressure of, no, work full-time, be here all the time. And that's, I'd suggest, why there's a lot of contract work being offered. You know, there's no permanency. And the thing is, if you're not secure in your job, then you just can't do the best work because you're constantly looking for what's next. In a previous episode of The Quickie, we also touched on the issues teachers have with some parents who now have more access to their children's educators than ever. I have a parent that emails me twice a day to check if their child has been to the toilet. I've had parents yell at the school because I confiscated their child's phone when they kept ringing their child during the lesson. I've had parents dob me into the principal because they didn't like how I handled a particular issue. The parent would come into the classroom in the afternoons and spend countless minutes yelling at me about decisions that I'd made during the day or stories that her son had gone home to tell her had happened in the classroom. One of the other parents was a police officer, so he would stick around in the afternoons just to make sure that I was okay. Many teachers spend a lot of their time negotiating with angry or upset parents who believe they're doing the right thing by their children by questioning the decisions made by their teachers. While the starting full-time salary for a teacher can range from $65,000 to $70,000 a year, which seems pretty good for fresh out of uni, that pay level doesn't rise much with age or expertise. And after about nine years in the job, it plateaus out, while their other educated colleagues' salaries continue to rise. In fact, when you look at the proportion of full-time workers in Australia aged 40 to 49 who report an income of $3,000 or more per week by field of education, having no degree comes in higher than those with a teacher's education. Abby says if you broke down how much a teacher earns compared to what they do each day, you'd be shocked. I think it goes back to how much we're asked to do within the hours of the day. So I think if you looked at how much teachers were getting paid hourly, it just doesn't add up. We are just working all hours of the day and we're constantly on call. And I think it's that constant anxiety and pressure of you might get a nasty parent contact and it just, it's so much. And I don't even think 
when teachers are complaining about pay, it's not necessarily about pay, it's about conditions. It's about, you know, we're expected to plan these lessons, mark all this work, but we don't get any time. So I know in the recent industrial movement, where I'm from, it was asking about this set time per week, meetings cannot be booked, this is just teacher private work time. It's believed the inability to continue increasing your earning capacity is what turns many high-achieving students off of becoming a teacher in the first place. So while there are calls for more high achievers to take up a teaching post, stats show at least one in three new teachers will leave the profession in the first five years. Cresta Richardson is president of the Queensland Teachers Union. She's been a primary classroom teacher, acting deputy principal and head of curriculum and has also served as vice president and a QTU trustee. Cresta, what happened to the teaching profession? Why is it given such little respect now when it was so highly regarded through history? Yeah, look, we hear that from our members, how teaching is a much more complex job. And I mean, I've been in the profession since the early 90s and I think about the regular changes that we had in that time. I mean, the job really has almost completely changed. You know, the requirements of teachers and school leaders and what they need to do, what kids need. You know, it's really important that we respond to what kids need and I think teachers and school leaders do a great job of that. But sometimes to get the resourcing and the quality PD to ensure that that occurs is difficult. I think teaching is still a really respected profession and I think what's happened with the COVID lockdown around the country in the past 12 to 18 months has allowed teachers into the lounge rooms and kitchens of every family in the country and I think when families can see what teachers are doing, I think it's building that respect again and showing the work that teachers do for students and school leaders do for students on a day-to-day basis. So what reasons are your members telling you as to what they feel is pushing them out of the profession? There's quite a lot of things that our members talk to us about. You know, they feel like they're responsible for just about everything. So something happens in the community and then we hear, oh, that's up to school to deal with that. When a lot of these issues, while schools are really happy to play their part and they provide community education and education to kids and the parents as well, some of these issues are much broader than just the school, of course, you know, and it's about a partnership between the community and parents so that we can all, you know, it takes a village to raise children and it's not just up to the teachers. What role has standardised testing had on the teaching profession? There's some teachers we've spoken to who say it's really changed the way that they teach because of the focus on those basic skills. So in a lot of schools, there is standardised testing that regularly occurs and that occurs to support the day-to-day teaching and learning experiences for students. So it has its place, but it's about testing that's not fit for purpose within the school, where it's not created by teachers for teachers to support the learning that children go through, where you're teaching to the test. And that's really the problem. So there is a place for standardised testing. But testing that's not fit for purpose and you can't quite figure out why you're doing it and why the kids are doing it and it's not actually being used for anything within the school, that's where it's difficult with standardised testing. And we're hearing that in New South Wales alone, for example, there's 1,000 full-time teaching positions available right now that they can't fill. Is that happening in Queensland as well? Is that happening around the country? 
we hear from our members regularly, particularly in some rural and remote areas, that the teacher shortage is really biting. And that has a massive impact on the workload of teachers and school leaders and specialist teachers who may be taken off their daily program to cover classes because it's really important to have teachers in front of classes, obviously. But the ongoing long-term impacts of that can be difficult. So it's really important that we retrain teachers where we can and identify teachers who might be interested in doing something a little bit different or attracting more teachers to the profession and also retaining the quality teachers that we have in our schools. So what changes needed to do that then? We know that there's always a push for better pay. There's a lot of conversation about not putting teachers on contract, that there should be an ability for teachers to just focus on teaching. Are those all things that need to be addressed? Yeah, look, Teachers need to go to work to teach. That's what they do. They plan, they teach, they report and they assess based on the planning that they do to get the best outcomes for students. That's absolutely critical and it's why teachers and school leaders go to work, you know. So if they can be free to do their jobs, then they're happy to do their jobs, you know. So I think that's really important. If we talk about attracting people to the profession, you know, what is it that makes it attractive about teaching? It's a great job. There are so many opportunities. You can make a difference in other people's lives. That's a great thing to be able to to do and retaining the teachers that we have. So that's great pay and good working conditions so that teachers and school leaders are happy to go to work and do the work that they do because they love to do the work that they do. What is a better pay rate for teachers? We've been hearing that it starts off quite well for someone who's just graduated but doesn't tend to go up much higher than that. Does there need to be some kind of grading for teachers like on their length of service, for example? Well, in Queensland, what happens is that you go up every year for about 10 years and then you sort of hold for two or three years and then you can go up another pay level and then one more after that. But it pretty much tops out at about that. So if it were in line with what other professions are doing, then that's what we would welcome for teachers. What's the biggest hurdle facing teachers in 2021 aside from a global pandemic? (laughs) Well, a global pandemic's a pretty big hurdle. It is a Um, very big hurdle. (laughs) Look, I think there are so many demands on a teacher's and school leader's day-to-day job that really intensifies the work that they do. You know, they're quality professionals. They work hard to do what they want to do. The key is appropriate resourcing for the students that we have in our schools, quality PD and support for teachers. Being able to manage emails appropriately so that, you know, it's not being done at ridiculous times of the night. You know, like quality PD and support for teaching the curriculum that best fits the needs of the students. So what changes need to be made to ensure the best teachers enter the workforce and stay there? Abby says it's like many other professions. Those at the top handing down the directives need to remember what it was like on the front lines. It's got to be support from top down. I think quite often in all schools, the admin team were teachers, but they have been out of the classroom a long time. And so there's so much expected from them from the community, and then they pass on those expectations to teachers. And we need somebody in the middle to say, you know, that's just not feasible. You're overworking these teachers and it's having an effect on the kids. All teachers are in teaching because they love kids. They love educating. You know, we get such a joy from watching kids succeed, but that's being taken away from us because we just don't have the time to put that work in. You know, we're reporting on everything else. We're contacting everyone else. We're having meetings about the admin needs of the school, which 
I don't believe the teacher's role is. Absolutely. If a teacher goes for an admin role, then yeah. But, you know, why is the general classroom teacher having to focus on the school's business plan? Let them do what they are meant to do. Let them educate these kids. Let us give these kids the best chance they can. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if there's a news story you'd like us to check out in a little more detail, shoot us an email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au, or find us on the socials, Insta, Twitter, or Facebook. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.